Welcome to Game of Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham, Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Sean, hi. Something cool happened to me today. You want to hear about it? Absolutely, I do. I was putting our garbage out uh, on the on the road and met our new neighbor, who happens to be Craig that we play softball with. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't tell you this before we started. It was no. cool. Yeah. Wow. So where like, where does Craig live? In the uh, other half of our duplex. Really? Yeah. Yeah. They just moved in like a week ago. So huh. uh, I was very, very like, what are you doing here? What are you yeah. doing here? Anyway. What are you doing here? <laughs> wow. Yeah. Anyway, it was pretty, pretty cool. Yeah. Neighbors with Craig. There you go. Now you'll find out if uh, he's actually a good guy. We think he is. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. So yeah, it'll be nice to have somebody close by that I uh, can text. Uh, hey, can you pick up that package or yeah, that's right. Can you put out our garbage for us if we're not here. So yeah, all anyway, right. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I'm sure Greg will be or Craig will be thrilled to uh, know that he is there as your errand boy. Yeah, apparently yeah. <laughs> that's all you see him as. <laughs> well, and and uh, us for them. <laughs> well, uh, there you go. And uh, Scott, I assume you're out taking the trash out in between draws here on this final day of the 2023 Tim Hortons Briar. As we are recording this, there are games still ongoing in London, but I feel somewhat confident that uh, we won't have to re-record this. <laughs> yeah. But most, most things have been decided, Sean, and uh, you have far too little faith in me. I was up well before the game started this morning so oh. uh that they're bright and early but uh yeah no I, I i was watching uh some of the games from today on a recording and i texted you and i said i really want to talk about something uh, and you said hey let's just do this now and good idea so yeah um most well, of okay well, well let's let's, let's tee it up full, yeah, yeah, let's let's, let's, yeah. let's tee it up because we're going to talk about something that happened this morning in Pool B. So that's where we'll start. Those games are ongoing as we are recording this. Felix Aslan is going to win his game. He just scored seven consecutive points. That game is over. I said to you, Scott, it should have been the feature game because Jeremy Millay, Scott Jones, they just don't care. They're putting rocks in play. I love them. They yeah. have taken the Suzanne Burt role of just – you're never really out of a game and you're never really putting somebody else out of the game. They're just throwing crazy stuff. It seems like every time they flash over, there's 13 rocks in play. They have been a lot of fun on the updates. It would have been fun to have them as the feature tonight, but that game has gotten out of hand. Mike McEwen and Karsten Sturme, who, by the way, this is apropos of absolutely nothing at all, but I couldn't stop looking at it once I noticed it. Carson Sturmay's shoelaces are very, very long. Like they're dragging on the ice when he's standing. I'm worried that he's going to trip. Like I've, this is oh, the no. point I guess I had, I'm at in my life where I'm like, oh, I hope you don't fall. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm very concerned for his uh, safety and well-being. Uh, but they are playing in the latter part of the game, tied the last I looked at it. I have the game on pause right now. Okay, so I have the game on pause. We'll get the final uh, later, and I'll just 
jump through the commercials, but we're going to work on the assumption of tiebreaker possible, but I'm leaning probably not, but we'll obviously have to see. So we are going to talk though about the game this morning. Brendan Boncher beat Felix Aslantz who get first place in pool B. Brad Gushu is going to finish second. He is going to beat Thomas Scoffin if that game hasn't gone final yet. And as a result, excuse me, I think I said Botcher gets first place. That is incorrect. Canada, of course, gets first place by beating Thomas Scoffin. They will get the bye to the Friday Fun Fest. Botcher will be the two seed, and he will cross over and play Tanner Horgan from Northern Ontario in that 2-3 game. And then we'll see if there is a tiebreaker or not. But whether it's Mike McHugh and Felix Asselin, they will cross over. They will play Kevin Cooey as Matt Dunstone goes through unscathed, gets the direct buy to that Friday Fun Fest. But Scott, you want to talk about the game this morning between Boncher and Aslan, which, if it had gone the other way, would have made tonight's proceedings slightly more interesting, perhaps. And it was looking that way for a lot of the game. Felix Aslan, Team Quebec, they were playing great. They had a lead. Yeah, they had a lead uh, and and probably should have kept it. So in the eighth end, they were playing uh, with rocks around the forefoot. Botcher ends up sitting two on his last, and they're sort of angled back forefoot, top eight foot about 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock. So, and Quebec has two other stones in the house. The way that the top Botcher rock sat there was an opportunity for Felix Asselin to play like a slash double and use one of his rocks as a catcher on the side. And, you know, if maybe it rolls all the way out when you catch on it, yeah, uh, it bumps the other rock out, but maybe not. So in their mind, it was there for three. What they talked about very briefly, and I think moved away from a little too quickly, uh, Martin Kretz said, uh, ben, si, on, si on marque nos deux... C'est bon, là. But they didn't really talk about drawing mm-hmm. to go up by two. They did not. Like, they did, but breezed over it pretty quickly. <laughs> Mostly because Felix looked like he wanted to play the hit, right? Yeah. And, you know, you talk a lot about deferring to what the skip wants to play. And they called the timeout, and Pierre Charette came out, and they were talking about what to do. So this is what I wanted to talk about, because, yes, you play this shot, Maybe you get your two that way. Maybe you get your three, but you're already up one. It's the eighth end. Score your point. My feeling, score your point and go up two with two ends to play. Sure, maybe Botcher can score two coming back. They're good at that, but then you're tied with Hammer in the Mm 10th. So what's your feeling, Sean, on on the right shot to play there? Uh, given the way the team had been playing and given who it was that was calling the shot. Yeah, you're right, Scott. I do tend to be a believer in whatever the person thinks they're going to make is the best call, particularly at this level where the skip, in theory, is calling the game to their strength. They know what they want to get to. They know what they want to throw. And if they can get to that, let them throw it. Also in that situation, it, it wasn't just the shot for a multiple. If this was the first half of the game and you're up one, maybe I feel slightly differently because if he makes it, the game's over. It, it's a shot to win the game if he ends up making it. So I like that a little more when mm-hmm. it's a shot that 
it was harder than a draw or tap. You would have had to tap the shot stone if he plays the soft one. I think if if memory no, serves, he, I don't have he it had up. an open open draw to the forefoot. Okay, my Inter- apologies. On the intern side, yeah. So it is a more difficult shot, but I don't think it's an exponentially more difficult shot that the risk reward balances out of out of whack. If you look the other night on Tuesday, Reed Carruthers had one where he was trying to prevent Matt Dunstone from playing an angle run back maybe for three where he could have thrown a guard and Dunstone still has a very complicated shot for two. Instead, he throws a, a extremely hard shot himself and ends up making the shot for Matt Dunstone who has an open draw for three. That's one where even if the skip sees it, I'm thinking the pro side of this make is not worth the risk given how challenging it is. As I was watching that one in real time this morning, I was thinking I wouldn't throw it. And if I was in the house, I would say, hey, situation, if we do this and we make it, we're in really good shape. But if the thrower says, hey, we got this, it's to win the game, let's do it. This this other team is really good. Being up two certainly is no guarantee. Let's just make the shot. Then I am going to defer to that 99 times out of 100. Okay. I think one thing that they never talked about was what if we miss and Mm -hmm. is giving them one okay? Sure. I think it was implied, uh, obviously, through the decision that they took. But I, I think none of them vocalized that risk. Right. Which in some cases is good, right? You don't want to be putting that seed of doubt if it's not there. And Felix uh, just thought, hey, I'm going to make this shot, which is what you want from your skip, right? You want them saying, yeah, I'm, I'm just going to make it. And But there was never a question of, is giving them one okay? Like, is it okay to be tied in the ninth? I, I think Pierre Charette maybe said, uh, we'd be tied in the ninth with Hammer. Uh, is that okay? Right. But it, to me, it was, Felix was locked in. This is what I'm throwing. And for me, against a team like Brendan Botcher, I, I would rather take something sure. So that, that's that was just my thought. Your thought is not not what I came to mind for me. Totally valid though. I I can I can understand both sides. Uh, that's why I wanted to have this this discussion about it. Sure. Yeah, because because really, if you think about it, you're like. You are going to win more often than not, even against a team as good as Brendan Botcher. Well, we we wouldn't. It, being up two with two ends to play, we we probably still don't have good good odds in that chance. But a team as good as Felix Asselin, as even though yes, o- over the course of a hundred games, they're not going to win a majority of them against Brendan Botcher. You wouldn't think, but in that situation, they are good enough that in, in most cases they are going to be able to hold on to it. But yeah, the flip side is how many times do you have a shot, a makeable shot? for someone of Felix Axelin's level and within what he prefers to throw to win the game against Brandon Botcher. Like how often do you have that opportunity where it's on your racket? If I can bring in a a saying from another sport and therefore I don't hate it. I think I'd like it more if it's the ninth end. I think so too. Yeah. Because then, you know, okay, we're getting, we're going to be tied with the hammer, but it's the last end, right? Yeah. So yeah, then we we shift to the ninth, and it seemed like that sh- that miss 
so so they missed uh i guess we didn't say that he gave up that, one he, he i mean he, he didn't flash it or anything right he, no that's he, right he, that's right he still removed one of the stones and he ends up giving up the steel yeah. one yeah he was tight tight out of his hand and didn't get all the way out so it didn't it, it overcurled so then in the ninth end they're doing a good job keeping the stones spread out but they're front and back of the house a relatively simple hit for felix uh, outturn hit just over curls on him mm-hmm. and ends up jamming it on his own stone at the back leaving botcher the opportunity to hit and sit three uh, on his last and force mm-hmm. to a single now this one seemed to be more bad luck a spot that curled more but in that case that was more of an execution thing than a strategy thing sure. i think that their, their strategy was sound they had it set up weren't able to execute at the end then they just sort of had everything catch up with them in the 10th where uh brett gallant made a pretty amazing shot <laughs> like a run double triple run triple. double yeah it was crazy triple. it was yeah, like a, it was it was bonkos like you can't defend against it well, I mean, it was a nose hit, so like you could put the rocks in a different. I, but he, but he way. had to throw it. You have to throw. You have to be able to throw it so hard, and yeah. anything slightly off nose. Like everyone says, oh, nose hit, it's easy. A nose hit is easy with like board weight, in that you don't have to hit it square on the nose to not roll at all. Yeah. But when he's throwing parking lot weight, mm-hmm. and the shooter didn't roll, like the sh- he got it perfectly square Perfect. on the nose, and those are two round objects. That yeah. he's doing that with at that speed, that's incredible. There's not a lot of people in the world who can do that with any level of consistency. True, but one of them was on the other team. So, like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyway, it was a really fascinating game. Uh, this team, uh, this Quebec team, has been really fun to watch this week. Maybe a little bit of a strategy hiccup, but I, I see your point too that uh no it was just what they were feeling at the time it didn't work out so maybe my thought is a bit results oriented overall it's been fun i do hope we end up with a tiebreaker because i picked them to make the playoffs if you You did it's true yeah maybe Uh, that's why you were so upset about it (laughs) if he makes the shot to win the game you look great yeah yeah maybe that's it maybe maybe that was all my feeling but uh no i wasn't able to watch this morning and i i logged in uh, just to look at the score, and I saw when it was six three. I went, oh, oh, that's yeah. pretty. Uh, that's pretty good. Yeah. And then I I checked again after lunch and was like, oh, they lost. What the heck? <laughs> so I wanted to go back and watch uh, today. So so that's the game I really wanted to talk about. Yeah, we should note too, though. Brendan Botcher has played the last three mornings and mm. gave up a four to Thomas Scoffin, but won the game. Gave up a four to Scott Jones, but won the game, and then struggled this morning against Felix Aslan. So he has not been good, particularly in the first half of morning games. So anything that has taken place before 1030 Eastern time, say they have Mm -hmm. not been particularly good now because it's an Eastern time. Briar, though, none of the playoff games are going to start before noon Eastern time. So Brendan Botcher. I guess he just didn't get his body into Eastern time. Maybe he's still in the mountain time zone. He's starting these games at seven o'clock on his, on the body clock. I don't know, but uh, no worries there. No, no morning draws on the weekend. 
yes, no more mornings for for Team Botcher. Uh, they don't have to worry about that. And yeah, maybe they still are on Mountain Time. Uh, no big deal. I, there's a song called uh, "On Mountain Time." Oh yeah, Clay Clay Cook, I think. Anyway, okay. look it up. It's not bad. Okay, good stuff. Uh, all right, let's see. As we were speaking here. A couple games have gone final here. Uh, Quebec has beaten New Brunswick. That is done. Jacques Gauthier caps off his week with a win over Tyler Smith. And uh, Gushu beats Scoffin 8-3. So those games are all final as we speak. I don't know, Scott. There's been a trend here. Down five with Hammer, two to play. People shaking. I I don't know if I like that. In that scenario, you can make it so the other skip has to throw his last. I think it's worth another end, but yeah. But maybe if you're Thomas Scoffin and you're, eh, we won two games this week. I'm good with that. Time time to pack it in. Okay. There's just there's just been a few shakes that I've been. Maybe maybe you could have kept going, but anyway, let's uh, let's tee up the playoffs here a little bit. And Scott, the top four. So I did a hit on the CBC Calgary morning show, the eye opener last Friday, the opening day of the Briar. And they said, we talked about some things, uh, not necessarily related to the Briar itself. They said, hey, tee it up. What do you think? And I said, well, basically what we said on the show, there's four teams (laughs) that uh, are at the top and everybody's going to be looking up at them in all likelihood. Those teams have clinched first and second place in their respective divisions. They have only lost to each other as well, uh, with the exception of Brad Gushu having lost a game to Mike McEwen, uh, which really not going too far outside of the top level there in terms of in terms of losses. So for those four teams, you have a combined three losses between them mm-hmm. do you think tomorrow afternoon tanner horgan or probably mike McEwen, but maybe felix Aslan? we don't know the result of that game as we speak can knock off one of those top two teams or is it kind of just predestined that the four we expected are the four i mean it's it's gonna be hard for either of them to do that it wouldn't surprise me right like we saw at the scotties rachel holman lost uh, in that uh, crossover yep. game. So in one game, you know, anything can happen. Tanner Horgan and, and uh, team Northern Ontario, they're playing really well. He didn't have a particularly good game this afternoon. <laughs> he did not, but maybe they've got that out of their system. So is it possible? Is it probable? No, especially with the being botcher, uh, whose, whose team is really, really good curling robots as we talked about, but, yeah, I mean, anything's possible. Uh, I don't think it's probable, though. I think the highest probability is we have those four teams we talked about yeah. on the show in, in the playoffs come Saturday. Yes, so obviously the rankings will be determined by the Friday Fun Fest tomorrow night. And then we'll see who is who in the 1-2 or the 3-4 game. Out of those top four, and again, not conceding the, the four spots to them necessarily, but out of those top four... This is weird to say, again, three losses between the four teams. Mm -hmm. None of them have really been firing on all cylinders as we have seen them before. 
Matt Dunstone, I can't remember what game. It, he was a feature game earlier, earlier this week. Actually, it must have been against uh, Reed Carruthers, where he was heavy on a few draws. Uh, he missed a couple runbacks. Like they, they weren't fully sharp in that game. I think they really did benefit from Reed making that call and yeah. almost giving too much respect in that moment to Matt Dunstone. Brad Gushu, they really struggled that first weekend. We haven't seen much of them since the first weekend, uh, no. or since the weekend, I should say. They haven't uh, gotten too too much TV time. Kevin Cooey has looked off. They were playing, was it this morning or yesterday morning, where, where Kevin Cooey was visibly frustrated uh, at some points. His game against his brother this afternoon pulled away towards the end, but a couple uncharacteristic steals that he's given up over the course of the week. So you can't feel super duper confident in them either. And then with Botcher, as we talked about those struggles, now they have been largely focused then in on the morning draw and the game he lost to Gushu. He was coming off a back-to-back or was playing a back-to-back. Gushu was not. So maybe a little bit fatigue at the end of, of six hours of curling in there. But, but again, nobody has really, despite the records, played wall-to-wall exceptional curling the way that we have seen from them. And part of that could be a lot of teams have struggled with the ice. It seems very release sensitive, which I like. That really puts a lot on the thrower Mm -hmm. as opposed to necessarily the sweepers. So you got to have clean releases, consistent releases with the right weight. I like that. It I think allows the best teams to emerge over the course of the week, which clearly it has. It's just they're doing it in a way where we're seeing a few more misses than we might be accustomed to. So assuming you agree with that, how do you forecast potentially the the weekend? And can we expect any of these teams to fully get on one of those type of runs that we've seen from each one of them at some point over the past few years? I think we will. Uh, I think we will. And I think the biggest contender for that is Brad Gushu because they've done it all together, mostly as a team, right? The other teams are all new, uh, their first years playing together. And I think the advantage to Team Gushu of having been together makes them the most likely to string something together here. EJ coming in is also a guy who's got a gold medal around his neck, too. So, you know, these guys have been there and done that Mm -hmm. and seem to be the best position to sort it out. Kevin Cooey looks like he doesn't look like he's having any fun uh, with his new team. Uh, he's going like, ah, uh, ah, a lot. And that's, you know, him getting used to his team and his team yeah. getting used to him. Right. Yeah. You're, we're seeing the growing pains a little bit in real time. Yeah. With, 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 with uh, well, with Matt Dunstone, I believe it was the game against Nova Scotia and Matt Manuel. And he was, feeling like he Matt Manuel made like a triple on a weird tick and sort of pumped the crowd up and Dunstone got mad about it like Mm -hmm. a bit so I I think Kingsbury there on the bench really helped him sure get it focused by the end of the game but it did take take an end or two right Uh, Kathy Gauthier pointed that out too that he he didn't seem to get over that quick enough and then the team botcher, like you said, uh, it's the daytime. They're, they're playing. It won't be the morning. They'll be fine. So so that's sort of how I see the weekend is that Gushu one, Botcher, botcher two, Dunstone 
three and Kui four. It's it's interesting to think of the the new Kui team because they're all really quiet guys, right? None yeah. of them are super outspoken. So I do wonder if that's just a case of things translating on TV in a way that is different from what is actually going on. Because let's be honest, Kevin Kui has never been the most energetic, outwardly energetic player on the ice. Yeah. And uh, I think it's fair to say he's had some success doing so <laughs> through the course of his career. So, I, and he would get frustrated at Ben Heber sometimes too, right? Yeah. Where he would let it go and Ben would start pounding. He'd be like, Ben, stop. Like, right? So, I yeah. mean, that, that did happen for him uh, back with, uh, with the old team too. I, I think of whatever frustration with, that Kevin is having is more to do with him not having a full sense of control over the ice. Again, the way he normally does, they've struggled with pats. I don't know how, because you wouldn't think he, you know, he played with Kennedy for so long that having a lefty as part of the throwing third would really be an issue. I mean, it can be, you're kicking out from a different spot. You're, rotations your clockwise counterclockwise are going to react slightly differently because it's a different turn for each of you mm-hmm. and certainly you would expect tyler to be throwing differently than how kevin throws and and just getting used to that on ice that again seems more release sensitive than what we've seen at any of the slams so far this year so you just wonder how much of all of that just sort of plays into a frustration with not getting the results that he wants and you know dunstone we've seen him get frustrated in other events in the past yeah i agree with you that kingsbury is a good addition there you know i just mentioned ben hebert kennedy said to him during a shot i think it was today after he let it go he just said be patient ben (laughs) just be patient so i mean those two guys obviously know how to communicate with each other Uh, brett gallant seems to have fit in really well with that team as Mm -hmm. well And, and again it's just a case of the misses that we've seen from them, you would expect to go away, but you expect to go away for all four of the teams. I don't know if I fully agree with you on Gushu, mostly because of the article this week that Gregory Strong had where Gushu's beat up a little bit, where physically he's not feeling great. Now, they had the day off yesterday, which fortuitous for them to get the full day off at Wednesday, middle of the week. They were kind of set in the playoffs by that point. So I don't know if he can sustain if he's not feeling at the top of his game. So I picked Dunstone at the end of the week or at the start of the week, excuse me, and I am not going to deviate from that uh, heading into the playoffs. I also wonder, though, going into this again, given how much talk there has been about the ice, both in terms of the larger drops they're using for the pebble, this the the way it is so release sensitive. How does going to one sheet? affect it how is this going to affect the way it's going to play and potentially we're going to have bigger crowds again it's going to be a little warmer in london this will be something to watch and whoever picks it up first you just expect them to win yeah which is a a part of the reason i think that the team that's been together the longest Mm -hmm. has a a slight advantage right uh, in being able to pick up uh things with the ice and the releases right do uh i'll have to see it should be a fun weekend a couple little notes from the week so far sometimes i complain a little bit scott about uh, that the men's events aren't as much fun 
that uh, there are times where I feel like the players can get a little bit whiny about things on the men's side that uh, hasn't seemed that whiny this week, I have to say. And uh, so I'm, I'm pleased about that. Uh, mm-hmm. I already mentioned Jeremy Millay, underrated star of the week. Uh, no question about it for, sure. uh, for Jeremy Millay. Jake Higgs winning. So cool, that moment. Uh, crowd goes nuts. Standing ovation. They're thrilled. Everything was great. Uh, in first place, Sean. First place for half a day that was amazing everybody won a game kind of like that everybody got on the board this week i mentioned thomas scoffin he doubled his win total that's an improvement there there were moments during the week where kathy was almost longing for him to not live in whitehorse right being like he's so good Uh, if only he didn't live in whitehorse if if only he would come back south again but he's got a family there he obviously likes living there and he's going to do his thing up there in Whitehorse and probably play in 35 Briars before it's all over. So good for him. Yeah, it's not a, not a bad gig. He he had his uh, little one with him at uh, did. at the event, right? Yeah. yeah, that was a cute picture. Yeah, during the autograph science, that was pretty cool. Uh, the young teams, obviously not the results they would have wanted as we foresee those tweets coming out tomorrow, but... <laughs> Not terrible results. I, I think BC was fun. They were close mm. on a lot of shots. That first game Friday night against Brad Gush, who could have gone the other way, I think, very yep. easily. Mm-hmm. So that was fun to see them. Carson Sturme, they've done better than I thought they would in terms of just winning more games than I, I might have expected from them. This game tonight that we've seen, the communication between the two teams hasn't been the greatest. I think Fry at yeah. one point said there's so much talking going on and uh, we, well, we've seen some comments on the other side of like, Oh, why'd we sweep that? Like, but not in ways of that are always necessarily constructive. We're just seeing a little frustration come out, but again, yeah, it's the end of the week and you'd expect that. Well, Sean, Mike McEwen said, uh, mm-hmm. Oh, sorry. Uh, Mike McEwen said that was a bad line call oh. under his breath to, about something Fry did. And then, he got down to the other end and Fry said, this is why I did it. And he goes, oh, okay. Now I guess I understand. Right. But like, it's not, not great. It's not great. But again, end of the week, you, you see those things from time to time. Mm-hmm. So overall, it's it's been, I think, better than some past years in that regard. Sure. As, sure. A, television, as a television viewer. We talked about the no-tick rule for the Scotties led to an increase in points of about a point and a half per game. The points here are down versus the Scotties uh, at this point in the event. It was 14.23 after 68 games of the Scotties, 13.57 here. So three quarters of a point less that we are seeing. I feel though that it like it feels like a bigger decrease than we had at the Scotties. It just feels like lower scoring. Yeah, and we'll uh, let's we'll take a look at the uh the scoring differential because it does feel to me like there's been a few more blowouts uh at this event yeah. than there were at the women's yeah like if you look at say that opening game ontario f- against felix aslan ontario scored 13 right. points right like yeah. uh and so it, th- things seem to be going in that direction but hey we'll, we'll have to sort of analyze it later but yeah so a bit of a point decrease versus the Scotties and a few more Hulk smashes towards blank ends. So uh, yeah. I, I still, I don't know. Uh, part of me feels like the super entertaining blank end. It's my white whale, Scott. Hmm. 
You're looking for one? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure they I'm sure they exist out there in the wild somewhere, but they're like an albatross. They don't come across too too often. Oh, we did see Sean this week a blanked tenth end, which led to yes. an eleventh end. Yeah. So maybe that's the exciting blank end. I mean, I guess the last shot is. Because <laughs> well, it was just a double. So he was trying to make a double, right? It's just so surprising. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah, that was uh, that was fun. Yeah. So all in all, it's been a, a pretty fun week there in London, even if it has been a little bit chalky, but uh, that just means that the playoffs are that much more unpredictable. So again, the seeding games, the elimination seeding games or whatever they're called, go tomorrow, one o'clock Eastern time, not two, one o'clock, check your calendars. And then the Friday Fun Fest at 7 p.m. Eastern time. Playoffs, I believe, 1 and 7 Saturday, noon and 7 on Sunday. You are correct. Yes. That should be a lot of fun. We'll be back with you on Monday or Tuesday for a full recap of the Briar. And then at some point, we will tee up the Women's World Championship, which kicks off next Saturday in sweden scott what town in sweden is the women's world championship being played in sandviken sweden okay there you go so uh, the teams will be heading over there shortly to prepare and get things going so we will talk about all those teams and what to expect there so if you have not yet do subscribe wherever you get your podcast likes rates comments all that stuff helps other people find the show keeps us growing Follow along at Game of Stones Pod, Twitter and Instagram, Game of Stones Podcast on Facebook. If you want to let us know what you want to hear on the show, Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. Scott, there are reasons, though, why everybody should subscribe to all these various things that we have going on. Let's start with the Instagram. We said on the preview we were going to do another giveaway, and then we didn't post the thing to do the giveaway. Yeah, no, it's uh, been a busy week, Sean, but uh, right when we're done this, uh, I'm going to click send on our next giveaway, another 6x6 uh, print of Elsa Craig uh, by artist uh, Daniel Martin from Scotland. Uh, So I'll be doing that right when we send this. And because we were so late, we're going to give out a bonus giveaway. So we'll have two things available. We're going to have the print of Elsa Craig, and we're going to have one of our new Game of Stones toques, Sean, available at GameofStonesPod.com. Yes. Uh, we've got them available in three colors. The one I have to give away is a blue. Nice. Toque. And it's back there. But uh, <laughs> uh, I'll take a photo of it and okay. uh, we'll try to give that away to a lucky fan. We've got nice. a, few new, a few new products on the store. Uh, go take a look. I ordered some samples they came in like three days. Uh, we're not charging shipping. So uh, hopefully we don't lose money on the, these things too much <laughs> or lose, lose too much money on these things. Uh, right. Uh, I'm okay with a little bit, but uh, yeah, we want to push people to the new store. It's on yeah. gameofstonespod.com. Uh, the shipping is easy. You can contact me uh, if you have any questions uh, through the game of stones podcast at gmail.com. So yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun to have the new store up and running. And in the past, we were donating all the 
all the proceeds we got, and it was actually much more than what we got out of the deal, to Food Banks Canada and the Sandra Schmirler Foundation. I would be fully upfront about what we're doing now is that the proceeds that we get from, that we get, which is not everything. So I think the t-shirt is 30 bucks. We don't actually get 30 bucks in our coffer. It's a drop shipper. We get a small amount. What we're going to do, we are going to use the proceeds to cover our cost of running the show. That's what we're going to do because uh, there are some costs in maintaining the site and the RSS feed, all that stuff. It's it's not a lot, but we are going to use some of that money or whatever money we get to cover the cost of the show. And then anything above the cost of the show, we will then donate to uh, the Sandra Schmirler Foundation. So just to be fully upfront and transparent about it, that is the shift that we are making. Uh, so now cover the cost, then on top of that to the Sandra Schmirler Foundation. Yeah, and we've got uh, some new products there too. So we have hoodies. Uh, the toques are new. They, they've they got the curling stone sort of design on them, a little different. I, I just uh, put a, a new mug, uh, yeah. a ceramic mug on there. Uh, we've got a, an enamel mug too, uh, for those of you that like camping or like drinking your beer out of a mug. Uh, they're perfect for that. Yeah. Uh, and then, yeah, if there's products that you want, let us know and we can make them. And what we're thinking of doing too is, you know, if uh, there's some curling thing that uh, sweeps the event, uh, sweeps an event, uh, pun intended, uh, we can like make a limited edition shirt uh, yeah. for that. So if there's products that you want, let us know uh, and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, so this new site gives us a little more flexibility in, in what we can create and, and colors as well. The t-shirt and yeah. the hoodies, you can get in a lot more colors than you could before. So we are excited about this. If you have ordered from us in the past and want to reach out because uh, there's something on there that you want, I think there's a way that we can get it to you at cost if that's something because we, we know that uh, there was a great expense on like the shipping on the last one. So if you reach out to us, we can try to set something up. If you want something new, uh, game of stones podcast at gmail.com is a little thank you for ordering from us before. If you want yeah. to uh, order something, uh, one of the new things out there. So do check it out. Game of Click on the merch tab. Everything is there ready to go. Yes, sir. So with that, we will say thank you so much for listening. Everybody enjoy the playoffs. We'll be back with you again next week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that insert. Make the final.